Are you a small business owner looking for guidance to scale your business like you never thought possible? Join me, Tyler Arnold, for the open and honest conversations you've been waiting for with other small business owners on not only how to build the business of your dreams, but to become a mountain mover, impacting people's lives, growing faith, and providing your family with opportunities. Let's move mountains together. Hey guys, Tyler Arnold here, and today I've got Chris on the call with us. So Chris, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business and what's your story on why you guys started your business. Okay. Yep. Um, so my name is Chris Wilson. I'm with A American Electric. Uh, my father started this business in 1981. He uh, was a Vietnam vet, um, came out of the uh, Vietnam War, um, used the GI Bill to go to school, um, learn how to be an electrician. So he worked as an electrician through the 70s and uh, in the early 80s, he decided to start his own business. And he, he pretty well spent most of the 80s just building a foundation for the business. Um, never had more than one or two employees. Um, I graduated high school and started with my dad in 1990. Wasn't really sure that this was what I wanted to do with my life. But as, as I got into the trade, um, I realized that it was it was a good trade. It was enjoyable, and I, you know, I felt like I was good at it. So the business uh, started to grow. We we uh, you know once I came on board and Dad kind of had somebody he could trust and rely on. Um, I think that just kind of added to that foundation that Dad had been laying in the '80s, and uh, we started to grow. So it was just he and I um, in the early '90s and. Uh, we started putting on employees and 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 expanding our our reach and the things that we can do, and we're up to about ninety employees currently, and uh, so it's been really good. We've just uh, we've got an unlimited license, and we're we're licensed in all the surrounding states, and uh, uh, yeah, so it's kind of a natural progression with this area. You know, the area has grown, and we've kind of just grown with it. Well, I don't know that we intended to be as large as we are. It's just, uh, you know, as our as our customers grew, we grew with them and we've been able to put on qualified manpower and and just kind of have have grown with the area. So, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I think uh, thank your dad for his service. Um, that's always yeah. really cool to hear. Um, does your dad still does your dad still involved with the company or is he kind of on the back a little bit? Yeah, so dad is still involved, but not like he was. So at this mm -hmm. point, I, I'm pretty well running the operations of the business. But dad still comes in and, and uh, gives his input. He dad, dad kind of the foundation of the business was on service. And mm -hmm. uh, that's what dad really likes. So he still takes on some service calls and some service jobs. And, you know, dad really likes getting out and meeting people and, and uh, doing a good job for folks. So he does that. But it's more of a, you know, he does it when he wants to. And uh, but we still rely on him for his input and his expertise and and leadership. So but, yeah, it's worked out really well. That's really cool. Um, so what are, what are some of the things that you think set you apart from some other electricians in the area um, that kind of helped you guys go from, you know, starting in the beginning with a few employees to having almost 90 employees now? Yeah, I think one thing that's unique about our business is that we do um, we do different types of electrical work. Most of the larger electrical guys in town are more commercial or industrial. 
But with dad kind of starting the business with service and then we kind of transitioned that into residential and then into commercial and industrial, we've kind of held on to all four pieces of that of the, that business. Um, usually companies kind of specialize in one or the other, but we've got we've got it separated in divisions where we've got residential guys and project managers that just do residential, same with service and the same with commercial and industrial. And I don't think that there's there's the other larger companies in town. I think they're they probably do some residential, but I think they're more commercial and industrial. And uh, we've just kept a bigger focus on residential and service. Um, you know, we've kind of maintained that business as we've grown our commercial and industrial part. And I think that's that's probably something that's a, a little unique about us, I think. OK, yeah, I've been seeing uh we were actually driving home from Greenville yesterday, and I actually saw one of your guys' vans um, there in the Fletcher area. Um, yes. I've been seeing, been seeing your guys' vans a lot around. Yeah, great. Yeah, we have, uh, I think we've got about 65 vehicles, and uh, we try to letter them up. You know, they're kind of a traveling billboard, um, try to make them all look similar. But, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of them that go around town, and we, we go out of town a little bit. We work for a uh, national retailer take care of them. So that takes us usually from uh, down to Columbia and Charlotte, maybe even up to Johnson city from time to time and over into Franklin. But the heart of our business is, is Henderson and Buncombe. So. Okay. So in the beginning though, when your dad um, transitioned from being in Vietnam and come back and starting a business, like what were some of the biggest struggles that he faced in the beginning? Um, just kind of starting a new business up from scratch. <sighs> Yeah, probably just the unknown of business. You know, he he was a really good electrician, very, very mechanical. So he had that part down. To, uh, you know, it was more of um, just getting up to speed on, you know, the tax laws and the insurances and the liabilities and all the pitfalls of business. Um, I think that's a that's a, a real problem that tradespeople have and probably in other businesses, too, is you're really good at your trade or your craft, but it doesn't doesn't really mean you know anything about running a business. Yeah. And I think that that's that's probably was the hardest part is just learning learning that part, um, uh, the business part. And uh, you know, maybe we made a lot of mistakes and uh, learned from them. And of course, you know, getting some good partners to help you. You know, hopefully they can share things with you so you don't have to make as many mistakes. But uh, you know, Dad started this business out with a partner. Um, and they were partnered for about two years and he bought his partner out. They're just the, the business wouldn't sustain um, two owners. So dad bought him out. And, and really that early part of the business was more like survival mode. I, I don't think that he was he was making a lot of money. It was more of just kind of building the business and, and kind of looking down the road for a payoff, you know, that eventually came. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's one of those things um, with I mean, pretty much any business, really. Um, is people have a passion for a certain thing, so they go and start a business, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean you know how to run a business. Um, you have you have yeah. a passion and you have a skill in something, but learning a business is a completely different skill set than the actual service itself. Um, but I just, I just always think it's super cool when people actually just, you know, jump and go for it and take it, even though they don't know anything about business. Um, and it obviously yeah. works out in the end. Yeah, I think, you know, and and, and I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. So with dad, so we when I started with dad, the business started to grow and mm -hmm. I transitioned from the field 
to the office, kind of a general manager role in the early 2000s. And, you know, at that point, our business had grown to about 40 or 50 employees. And so it was something that even dad hadn't done, which presented a whole nother set of problems with uh, employee benefits and HR and safety. Um, so, yeah, that, that was it, it probably took me 10 years to, to transition from the field into what I thought was a good manager, you know, just learning all these things and getting your head around financials and projections and your cost. And um, it's a, it's just one of those things when you're in the field and you're, you're a craftsman, you just don't have your head around. Cause it, like you said a minute ago, it's a whole different job. It's a whole different set of skills um, that really doesn't involve your, your craftsman skills. So. Yep. And that's one of the things that I've I've kind of learned um, talking to some smaller businesses, but then also talking to some pretty large businesses. Um, yeah. You always kind of reach these different levels and these different plateaus where, you know, growing a business to five employees is different. But now when you've got 40 employees, you've got to learn a whole different skill set. And then when you reach that 100 employee mark, it's a whole different skill set again. Um, so really, it doesn't matter how big the business is, like it's constantly learning on how to manage and reaching those different levels of growth. Um, and I, th- I just think that's always really cool hearing how people accomplish that um, and just seeing how people learn and adjust and change their business to keep going and keep growing as they add on more people. Yeah, I think the key to that, you know, if you can get through that initial hump and get the business stable is finding good partners, you know, a good mm-hmm. accountant, a good banker, maybe even a good lawyer, um, and just getting people that are, that you can rely on to advise you and help you and hopefully give you information to where you can make good decisions without having to make the mistake and learn from it. I think yeah. as we've gotten larger, our group of, of influencers has gotten larger and, and better. And I think that's, that's kind of the key for us at this point is relying on, on the, on the experts that we've kind of pulled into our company to help guide us, you know, so hopefully at this point, you know, we're not making major mistakes and having to learn the hard way. We've got people here that are, that are, you know, that are experts that are informing us before we make those decisions. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where it's super important to, you know, have a system. Like I always try to say, systemize everything. Um, when you have a, a, a system that works, it's much easier to scale instead of, you know, trying to trying to just kind of learn on the go but once if you can build that system that gets you from five employees to 40 employees or whatever um and it runs smoothly now you just add different people into that system and kind of keep it going but really just sticking to a system that works yeah i think so you know and the system has to be fluid you know Mm -hmm. i think i think as you grow you know, your systems change a little bit or at least they get modified. But I think you're absolutely right. Just kind of getting the basics of what you need into documented or, or into a system and then just adding to that and letting that be flexible, you know, as you grow is the key to kind of staying ahead of the curve. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so t- like taking where you guys are at now um, with the 90 employees, like what's your guys' business goals over the next 12 months? Like where do you guys want the business to be 12 months from now? Yeah. So our, our main objective in 2020 is to, um, is recruiting. So the, the one unfortunate thing about the trades is there's not a lot of young people coming into the trade. 
And it's unfortunate because the trades are better now than they've ever been. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of a lot of kids are going off to college and they don't really know what they want to do and they're getting into debt. And then we're, um, you know, a lot of times they're coming to us after they're after they've been to college. Um, but we're trying to get out and educate young folks that this is a good avenue and that it can be it can be a really good career. And uh, so we're trying to get into some of the high schools and some of the tech schools and uh, just trying to get out there and get our reach out and educate young folks uh, or not just young folks, but folks that are maybe looking for a career change that that the trades are a really good option. So that's our 2020 goal. Uh, we I went to a state meeting here a while back and they said that there was around 13 or 14,000 electrical licenses in the state and the average age is 55. So oh. that tells where we're headed and out of that 14,000 licenses there was about 135 under the age of 30. Yep. So yeah, so we look at it as if whoever's whoever does the best job of recruiting and retaining um, employees is really going to be the person that has the most opportunity in the future, but it's it's really coming to a crunch. Um, and, you know, paying the trades is going up. I don't know that that that's getting relayed to folks um, or people are educated on that. But that's that's part of what we're trying to do is just to get out and let people know that there's a good option here with with zero tuition. You know, we pay for our guys to go through apprenticeship school. Um, we pay that completely. And then by the time they graduate apprenticeship school, get their electrical license and they can you can really make a good living. So. Yeah, and I, th I remember watching a video um, from actually Kevin O'Leary um, from Shark Tank one time, and he was talking about how um, like college is not for everybody. Um, and that was yeah. like, one of the things that was for me is like I went to college, but I was only there for a year and it just it wasn't for me. It wasn't like it's yep. just not a thing for me. Uh, but, you know, kind of yep. like what he was saying is, you know, you can graduate high school and go be a plumber, go be an electrician like those guys make yep. really good money and it's a very good career. Like you don't have to go to college to learn those skills. Um, yep. You just have to actually plug into the field and learn. That's right. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that the high school kids understand that because I don't mm -hmm. think that's really being taught in the schools. Most of the vocational programs in our local high schools have gone by the wayside. Um, we, that we used to send our guys to an electrical apprenticeship, um, program at the local tech schools. Both of those have been dissolved for lack of interest. So, you know, our concern is, is that kids coming out of school don't know that this is an option, that it's a good option. So that's what we're, we're trying to work with, um, the mountain area workforce and, and the local high schools and tech schools just to kind of get the word out. Um, and not just for us, but for all the trades here in the area. And then also for the kids that are coming out that don't really know what they're going to do. You know, a lot of times their friends are going off to college and they think that's just what you do. Um, but after, you know, mounting up 80, 100 grand in debt and then coming out and not even liking what you went to school for, that's a that's a that's a hard way to start life, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're throwing it out there that, hey, in four years when you're your friends are graduating high school or graduating college. You're a licensed electrician with zero debt, making really good money. And, uh, you know, if you like to work with your hands and you're somewhat mechanical minded, you know, to look at this as an option is it may it may be good for you. So, yeah, and I, mean, I think that's where um, like especially in contract in the contracting world, like 
you know, digital marketing and video and being on social media, like that's where those young people really are. Um, yes. But I see, I see a lot of contractors that kind of really miss the point on social media saying they don't need it um, yeah. for business. Um, but it's not necessarily, you may, you may not necessarily need it right away for business, um, but like recruiting and adding new people on, like that's, that's a big part of that factor um, is being on social media and getting the attention of those young people. Um, because I mean, that's, that's where they're at every single day. Um, they're checking Facebook every single day. They're watching YouTube videos every day. So, you know, if you get in front of them and like society is just one of those things. And today, like everybody just teaches graduate high school and go to college. Um, so a lot of young kids, like that's all they know. That's all they're taught. Um, but whenever they start seeing your stuff and kind of piques their interest and gets their mind going that there is another option, um, like that's where the recruiting side becomes super important with that. Yeah, I, you know, we've tried to look at that. We're we're designing. Uh, we, we're paired up with a uh, digital designer right now, and we're we're trying to look at the message that we're relaying. So mm-hmm. for a for a young person who's never maybe had a, a a job like this or doesn't really know much about it, is how do we paint the picture of what this is? So we have created um, like a like a career path, and it's almost like tells the story of. Okay, you start here and this is what you are and then you move up in levels all the way up to the top level, uh, you know, uh, accumulating knowledge and tools and and uh, training. And uh, we're, we're trying to make it to where when we present this to, to the younger folks that they can see it, um, you know, more clearly. So they'll know yeah. kind of what this is. So we're we're putting a lot of time into um, just thinking about how a young person would perceive what we're putting out, whether it be on social media or at the high school or, or wherever. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it's super cool what you guys are doing. Um, and yeah. you know, I think, you know, recruiting those young people is super cool. Um, I mean, just the fact of, like you said, the age rate, the age, the average age, um, is 55. Um, yeah. so, you know, the, the long-term business model, like that's not going to sustain much longer. Um, so you have to you have to know how to bring in those young people. Yeah, absolutely. I, we we feel like it's critical. You know, you were asking about kind of what we're what we're kind of what phase we are in our business. We so backing away from that, that's our 2020 goal. But um, looking at bigger picture stuff, you know, we've we've grown this company. You know, really, my dad and I were electricians. We've we've transitioned into businessmen and the kind of the the season we're in now is trying to become better leaders. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to we're trying to teach our our leadership team the difference from management and leadership. You know, we're, we're we say management manages th- you manage things and you lead people. So we're really trying to focus on people development and leadership skills. And that's kind of the journey we've been on for the last few years. It's been really fruitful. And uh, we're just trying to move that ball forward. And, and uh, we, we use a mindset around here that's called servant leadership, that we as leaders, we're here to serve our employees. And if we serve our employees, the company's strong and, uh, you know, we all grow together. So that's that's kind of the season that we're in and something that, that's been really important to us. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the whole the service, um, you know, servicing the people and taking care of those people. Um, and that, yeah. that's also going to help with those younger people um you know you service those people and you kind of build up the community like typically that's what young people in today's world are after and that's what they like um is just having that community of people so when you build that 
um, you know, it obviously helps with all of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of part of serving the employees and, and building this community is understanding that young folks today, um, are, they aren't the same as they were 20 years ago or 30 years or 40 years ago. They're, they're coming up, you know, with cell phones in their hand. Um, they're just they, a lot of things have changed just te- technology wise over the last 20 years. And we're trying to realize that and know that these kids are super smart. Maybe, maybe some of the smartest kids there's ever been. They've had, you know, they've had all this information sitting in their pocket their whole life and trying to figure out how do we capitalize on that? And how do we motivate um, this generation, you know, to come into the trade? I think that, that we've got to be willing to be flexible and understand that uh, what this generation needs. And then as, you know, trying to be servant leaders, you know, we serve that and, and hopefully it'll flourish and grow and be beneficial for everybody. Yeah, completely agree with that. Um, that's I think you guys are doing a really good job at doing that now um, and obviously being involved with the schools. Um, so yeah, like knowing what you guys know now um, and yeah. taking your business from where it was in the beginning to where it's at now with 90 employees <laughs> and trying to bring in younger people, like what's what's some advice that you would give to somebody else that, you know, was in your shoes in the beginning and they're just now starting their business wanting to reach the same point that you're at now? Yeah, I think I'd probably have to go back to what we've already talked about is is doing more um, upfront research into what running a business is. I think to, you know, especially from our business, you've got to learn what your true cost is. So you have labor and materials, but then you've got labor burden and overhead. And then if you want to make a, 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 you know, a profit, you've got to figure out what, you know, what's an acceptable profit. You know, most people go into business and they just kind of run it out of their checkbook. And if they have money at the end of the month, they think they've made money. If they don't, they didn't. But that's not necessarily the case. But I I think tracking your expenses and then finding out what your true costs are, getting your head around some basic um, business principles, maybe getting an accountant that you can bounce ideas off of. I feel like that is the key to to running a successful business and getting it from that zero to five year mark. I've heard, um, I read a book one time that said um, like 90% of businesses failed in the first five years. And then of those that make it beyond five years, 90% of those fail in the next five years. And I think yeah. that really comes down to lack of business skills because they're obviously good at their trade or their craft. That's why they're going into business. So I think those lack of business skills, I think, is what gets most people. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, that's what like we kind of posted a, a, a video on our Facebook page last night. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, talk, Steve Harvey talking about just jump um, and jump and go yeah. for it. And, you know, I think that also it goes to, you know, both sides of the business. Like it, it goes from the passion, but also jump and learn actual business side of things. Um, that's why like I see a lot of people fail and it's not because they have a lack of passion like that's the whole reason they started in the first place Um, it's just not understanding the business side and it just I see it translating it happens so many times to business owners Um, and it's just one of those things of like you know jump and actually start the business but jump and actually learn business like don't just go into it thinking you know it's it's going to be easy because you're super good at the service like you know, the service is completely different than the business side. Um, and, you know, if you're not great at the business side or if you're, 
you don't even really want to learn the business side, like find a partner that is super good at the business side, but that, you know, is not at the service side of things. Um, and like, that's a good balance to kind of balance everything out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, just like what you said, these, these folks are very passionate and that's why they start the business. But there's a whole nother set of skills out here that you need to know that it, and that are not common sense. They're, you know, they're rules and laws and regulations and, and, you know, tracking your numbers and knowing how to knowing how to pull out the picture out of those numbers as to what you need to be successful and being able to make adjustments. You know, there's there's times, you know, when the economy leans up that you need to pull back maybe on your markup. But if you don't know how much you can pull back, you know, if you don't pull back enough, maybe you're losing jobs. If you pull back too much, you're putting yourself out of business. If you don't know exactly what your costs are, um, you really can't fine tune it. And then when it, when things lean up, it, you know, it's just, it's kind of chance if you're going to make it through it or not. So. Yeah, completely agree with that. Well, that's, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um, anybody, anybody listening to the podcast, you can go check their website out at aamericanelectric.com. Um, and then their Facebook page is also at aamericanelectricinc. Um, so anybody listening, go just go check them out. And Chris, again, I thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Yeah, thank you very much, Tyler. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. We want to help as many small business owners become mountain movers in their towns. So if you enjoyed it, please leave a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to be featured on one of our next podcast episodes, check out our website at smallbusinessmountainmovers.com and submit the contact form and I'll be in touch in the next few days. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Small Business Mountain Movers to find out what the next episode will be live. See you next time.